Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Thursdays, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. I had to pause there for a minute. It's been a big week. It's hard to keep track of every single thing that's going on right now. Uh, But we have got a lot of fabulous, fantastic, fabulous things going on at Outkick. I teased it, and I hope most of you have been able to watch it or at least watched parts of it. I told you we were going to have a big week. And on uh, Tuesday night, as soon as I finished my TV show, hopped into a plane, flew up to the White House, spent Wednesday in the West Wing, and right off the top here, I want to thank everyone for the incredible hospitality they showed us at the West Wing. We had a lot of OutKick readers, a lot of OutKick viewers, a lot of people in the West Wing of the White House that are big fans of what we do. And it was fantastic from the people working the front desk in the White House all the way through the President of the United States. We had a tremendous day. And I got to be honest with you. I've had the President on twice on the radio show. Uh, back in July or maybe it was August back in August and again in September I think it was and now in October Jason Whitlock did a face-to-face interview with the president and I got to tell you we spent the day in the West Wing and it is an amazing experience to suddenly find yourself whisked right through the Roosevelt Room right past the cabinet meeting room uh, out onto the porch outside of the Oval Office and then you are standing there by the doors off the Oval Office and you look back to your left and the President is sitting there at the Oval Office signing documents and having a meeting and there's a huge array of cameras and lights and audio equipment and everything else. And for a kid who grew up in Goodlettsville, Tennessee and went to public school K-12 through and whose parents never made $50,000 a year to suddenly find yourself at the West Wing with your company with a huge array of media equipment prepared to interview the most powerful person in the entire world and for him to say as he prepares to sit down that he loves the work that we have done at OutKick that's a pretty incredible moment. Uh, Regardless of what your political background is whether you're a Democrat, Republican, or an Independent When the President of the United States less than two weeks before Election Day decides that he wants to talk to your audience and uh, allow Grant an opportunity for your audience to to, to hear from him it's a pretty impressive uh, accomplishment. And I thought Jason Whitlock did a fantastic job with the interview. I was standing right off to the side watching the entire thing. Afterwards I took my wife and my son up to uh, D.C. my oldest son and right afterwards they got brought into the Oval Office and we all got to meet the President get our picture taken. He was incredibly uh, incredibly gracious with my 12-year-old who as you can imagine I mean it's tough no matter how old you are to suddenly find yourself for the first time in the, in the situation with the President. Uh, but he was incredibly gracious with my 12-year-old who was nervous about it. Uh, we just had an incredible time. 
And so I want to thank all of you out there watching, listening to this, wherever you may be. A big reason why we have grown and are growing so rapidly uh, is you guys. And that's because of word of mouth. Because we don't spend anything on advertising. We don't go out and have some massive treasure chest of a billionaire who decided to start a media company and immediately start throwing money in every different direction. From the first month I started OutKick back in 2011, we've been profitable. And we're still profitable now, but we've had to grow along the way. And as a media company, there aren't very many media companies that can say, hey, they've been profitable since the first day they were, fo- they were, uh, they were created. OutKick can, and that's because of you guys. Because word of mouth has always been our most valuable ally because you guys have said, hey, you should go check out OutKick. You should read it more. You should pay attention to what they're doing. You should listen to it. Go subscribe to their videos. I don't know where we're headed, but I know we are growing at a rate that frankly hardly any media company in the entire country can match right now. And I think that's because there's a desperate hunger for authenticity, for honesty, for original, uh, unvarnished content. And that's what we're trying to provide every single day. And so I appreciate you. I probably don't say thanks enough on these shows. Sometimes people say, well, you brag all the time. uh, Or you are so boastful. And a big part of that is because we don't have a PR staff. So when you start literally at zero, you have to constantly fight battles in order for your content to be recognized in an ocean of content, oftentimes being distributed by people with way more money and way more distribution mechanisms and way more assets than you. We have not been fighting even battles in the battlefield of content since we started. And now we're just getting to the point where I feel like we can do things as well as any of the mainstream media outlets and oftentimes better because talent is rare and we've got a lot of talent at this company. So I am super excited. To me, uh, this interview with the president in person right outside of the Oval Office with OutKick is a symbol of how far we've come and also of the promise still to come going forward and you guys who have followed us along on the ride uh, are a big part of that. And it's funny, uh, I did an interview on 3HL, uh, sorry, on 104.5 where I used to do local radio and uh, my buddy Chad Withrow, and by the way, we're going to be up in Alabama tomorrow. Uh, sorry, up in Knoxville tomorrow for the Alabama-Tennessee game. We'll be there the whole weekend. So if you're going to be in Knoxville, we've got a VIP meetup. You guys can go sign up for it. We're going to be doing some events throughout the course of, uh, of the weekend. But it's funny, uh, somebody was like, oh, a new low for, uh, for Clay Travis to be at the White House interviewing Donald Trump. And I think that's just so funny. Um, you know, you're talking about a guy who used to do live radio shows in gas stations. So I don't know how much, again, having a radio show is great, but I don't know how much lower you can go on the media ecosystem than live shows at gas stations in the middle of nowhere in Tennessee. And I did a bunch of those. I did a lot of them. And I remember having the conversation because sometimes I'd get people riled up. I remember having the conversation with Kirby, uh, Alan Kirby, who was our tech guy. I remember saying, hey, do you think this is really that safe? Like we're doing live radio in a gas station And there are people constantly pulling up in this gas station with guns in the back of their car, like literally gun racks right there in the trucks. And I'm like, somebody could just come in here and just shoot us live on the radio. 
And I remember thinking that all the time. Like, I wasn't really a fan of doing, this is probably not going to shock you, but live radio shows at gas stations. Not because of where it was, but just because I don't think it made the show better. And there's an element of being too accessible and gas station, uh, gas station live radio shows is to me too accessible. And it's on a stage, in a venue, loved, like at Radio Row, love the opportunity to meet listeners. Uh, in a bookstore for a book signing, love the opportunity to meet listeners and readers. But in a random gas station where like people would pull up and they'd be like, man, I didn't ever think you guys would be here. And I'd be like, that makes two of us. Uh, I didn't ever know if that was a very good idea. But it's interesting to think about how many of you have been with me since we started a website a long time ago with no listeners and since we were doing shows from, uh, from gas stations in, uh, in the middle of nowhere, uh, Tennessee. I mean, literally you drive for 20 miles, there's nothing else around and then boom, we're in a gas station. I've always enjoyed meeting people. Uh, but uh, but it's, a, it's a testament certainly to how far uh, this media company has come to be in the White House with the full film crew. And if you haven't watched that interview, I would encourage you to go check it out. I thought Trump was fantastic in the interview. And I'm not sure how the debate tonight is going to go, but I think he's got a chance to redefine this race in the final two weeks. Now, granted, a lot of people have already voted and a lot of people may have already made up their minds, but there's still a lot of people who are going to late decide who they're going to support because it's a small minority of people that obsessively follow a presidential election on a day-to-day basis. And I think Joe Biden has got major issues with this Hunter Biden story that has come out that is far more detailed and far more substantive than anything that has ever been alleged about Trump or his sons uh, involving Russia or collusion or uh, election interference. This thing with Ukraine and with China and Hunter Biden is far more substantive uh, with the laptop and with all the stories that are associated there than anything that has ever been alleged wrongdoing-wise about the Trump family or about Trump himself. And the fact that Joe Biden won't address it and the fact that most in the mainstream media won't even mention it is to me a sign of how lacking in freedom our media has become They only cover stories that justify their existing worldview. We talk about everything. Whether you agree or disagree with me, we talk about everything. And I try to look at the facts and I always say the facts, the facts, the facts matter. And the fact that nobody is investigating or discussing in a big way at MSNBC, at CNN, at the New York Times, this Hunter Biden story is really amazing. It's unprecedented, frankly. So we'll see how the debate goes tonight. But I think Trump will do better than he did in the first debate. I think he's going to let Joe Biden talk more and counterattack more than he's going to attack. That's my prediction. We'll do a live reaction show the minute that the debate ends. So the minute that the debate ends, go ahead and get your phones out. Go ahead and hop on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, wherever you are. We are going to go live and I will be taking notes during the debate and I will break it down for you as honestly as I possibly can based on what my thoughts were from the 90-minute debate show that we'll have tonight live from Nashville. Uh, We had to leave early from Washington, D.C. this morning to make sure we beat beat the president back uh, so we didn't get caught in all the road closures and everything else with the president and Joe Biden coming to town. Uh, Okay, a couple of other details out there in the world of sports that I think are significant. The Titans' entire team, all of the players that tested positive for COVID are back now. No one has written about it. No one has talked about it. Every time a player tests positive, it is front page story. When the players then test negative, almost no one touches it. Every single Titans player is now back. No major issues. 
and they're all slated by and large to be playing on Sunday against the Steelers in what is the biggest game of the week. How is that not a big story? If a player testing positive is going to be a huge story, then shouldn't players coming back or coaches coming back with no health impact from COVID be a big story as well? I haven't seen the headlines hardly at all of Titans players returning from the COVID, uh, COVID list. And every time somebody tested positive, it was major news. Everybody had to analyze it. But as each of those players has come back without any kind of significant health issues, how is that not also being covered? By the way, some people ask, I'll go ahead and tell you, at the White House, before you're allowed to get in close proximity to the president, you get tested for COVID. So uh, myself, my wife, my, uh, my son, Jason Whitlock, we all got tested for COVID uh, at the White House. One hour test. All the media, I believe, get tested there on a daily basis. I'm COVID negative, right? No issues. Just so you know, if you're all concerned out there, I've now been tested for COVID twice. Once back in July because I wanted to know what it was like. And now again in uh, late October, zero issues. Uh, so just factor that away. Baker Mayfield. Lots of issues going on right now with Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. First, they got whipped. I think they're going to lose to the Cincinnati Bengals this weekend. We're going to talk about this on Fox Bet Live in a moment. Uh, But you know it's a bad situation when Baker Mayfield's wife starts to feud with Cleveland Brown fans on social media. And I've said this before. I'll say it a billion times. I had to have a conversation with my mom. When I started first working in media... I said, Mom, you can't get in the comments. As much as you may love me, as much as you may think I'm the greatest son ever, and by the way, you're right, and as much as you may think that I am the most spectacular dad that's ever existed and as proud of me as you are because I am your son, you can't argue with people in the comments beneath my articles who are saying mean things. I had to ban my mom from social media. My wife probably doesn't like me as much as my mom did. Uh, does but I also had to have a conversation with her because I'm like hey don't read the comments you can post whatever you would like but you don't ever need to get in arguments with anybody out there you know me whatever they're going to say about me is time that's not spent that's very worthwhile and by and large by the way I don't spend any time reading any comments worrying about anything that anybody says about me because it's just kind of water under the bridge I don't really care what you think about me positive or negative And that's not to say that your opinion is invalid. It's just that I don't care. I care about the people who know me well and what they think. And if they ever sit me down and say that there's a major issue with with some sort of my behavior, then I'll think about it and I'll assess it. But I really don't care what anonymous people on social media say or think about me. Who listen to the radio, who watch the TV shows, who read OutKick. More power to you. You're all entitled to your own opinions. I just don't care. There's a good analogy here from Jamie Horowitz who uh, used to be one of the presidents at Fox Sports and is now at DAZN. He said it's kind of pathetic if you're an on-air talent and you care what people you don't know are saying about you on social media. And in particular what he was talking about he's like you don't walk up to somebody randomly on the street and say hey what do you think about me? And if you did it would be super pathetic. Yet that's what reading your mentions all day long every day is. You use social media as a megaphone to spread whatever belief you have. What do you care what somebody says back? And I think it's pretty good advice. And I think that's good advice even if you're not in a public arena. Care about the people you know. 
Don't you care what people who you don't know say at all? There's almost no benefit to being involved in it. So, Baker Mayfield's wife, and I don't know if Baker Mayfield has had this conversation with his wife, but probably not, because Baker Mayfield is extremely active on social media and he spends a lot of time checking to see what people are saying about him. And the truth of the matter is, none of the noise matters. What matters is your play. That either shuts up the noise or it makes it louder. You play well, all your critics disappear. You play poorly, your critics increase. But nothing that you say impacts whether or not your critics are right or wrong. It's all about your play. It's wasted energy to worry what anybody is saying about you. And I would say that for everybody out there, but I think it's particularly good advice for athletes in this day and age. Uh, A couple of other things. Big Ten football is back. I got to meet with Andrew Giuliani face-to-face, with uh, Tim Pataki, uh, with uh, Mallory Blunt, with so many different people who were fantastic and involved at a high level with trying to make sure that the Big Ten was able to play. And obviously the President of the United States is at the peak of that discussion. But I think if anything, the amount of attention being given to the Big Ten returning is not as ample as it should be. Tomorrow the Big Ten is back. Saturday we have a full slate of Big Ten games. That's phenomenal. If any of you knew all of the the behind-the-scenes machinations that had to occur in order to make that happen, your mind would be blown. I think we need a documentary done at some point in time telling that story. And what's wild is uh, there were so many people who were advocating for shutting down college football that are now spending all their time talking like they are huge college football cheerleaders. I see these college football media all the time. Monday to Friday, they only report negativity associated with college football. Saturday and Sunday, they show up and they decide that they're going to say something positive about college football. Do you expect everyone out there to not have seen everything that you said from Monday to Friday about how college football shouldn't be happening? It's pathetic. It's embarrassing. And if those college football and NFL writers as well, if these writers who have covered football and said it shouldn't be being played, if they had any ounce of integrity at all, they would refuse to cover football this fall. Because if it's not safe to play football, which is what they've been arguing for months, then how in the world is it remotely possible or safe for you to be covering football which doesn't even matter, right? In the grand scheme of things. I'm not pretending that my opinion on college football or the NFL really matters very much. It hopefully makes you enjoy the games a little bit more. I hope that OutKick makes sports more entertaining for you than it otherwise would be. That's my goal. But I also recognize that what I say is nowhere near as important as what happens in the games themselves. And so if I recognize that, at least I've been fighting for the games to happen. What about all the hypocrites, the Corona Bros and the sports media who have been opposed to any at all sports actually taking place? They should be ashamed. And they also should put their money where their mouth is and stop covering the sport. But congrats to the Big Ten on coming back. Uh, Congrats to Nebraska. Congrats to Ohio State. Scott Frost, Ryan Day, James Franklin, Penn State, Jim Harbaugh, Michigan. All of the people who stood up and fought as hard as they can and could for the Big Ten when everybody else said it was going to be canceled. Props to you guys. Finally, I think this is a significant story. ESPN is moving most of their content behind a paywall. Uh, They are no longer going to allow you to get analysis or long-form stories surrounding sports. They're all putting it behind a paywall. And this is why I wonder whether the long-range plan for Disney 
whether ESPN makes any sense at all. I think they want to spin ESPN off into its own standalone entity. And for a long time, people didn't believe me when I said cord cutting was occurring and the business models were collapsing and all the sports leagues should be nervous about what their next few contracts are going to look like. And all of a sudden, people have recognized that I was right about that. And ESPN is a floundering ship at sea that is taking on water at a substantial rate. And putting everything behind the paywall is basically a sign that they're not willing or or concerned about having a reach to a mass audience anymore. They're trying to make money off a niche audience. And I appreciate them abandoning the field because it's just going to allow OutKick to grow even bigger, better, and faster. And that's also going to be happening because of you guys. Again, I'll be live the moment the debate ends tonight. I appreciate all of you. Thank you for watching. Thank you for reading. Thank you for supporting OutKick. And one more time, thanks to everybody in the West Wing from people working at the front desk when you enter the West Wing all the way down to the President of the United States for the hospitality they showed me and my family and my company yesterday in the White House. It was much appreciated. It was a fantastic day for a kid growing up from Nashville. My name is Clay Travis. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. Be back tonight after the debate. Kisses for all my critics. I couldn't have done it without you. This has been Outkick the Show and I am Clay Travis. And by the way, we'll be live tomorrow as always uh, with the radio show from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. See you guys tonight post-debate.